0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Matthew Grant here, and thank you for joining us, and thank you to all of you that have been telling me, your regular listeners, what you like, and importantly, what you don't like. Thanks, Lee. Please keep the emails and LinkedIn messages coming in, or just tell me when you next see me. We've had over 8,000 downloads this month, but we only know who you are if you tell us. Well, this week, I'm talking to Charles Clark and Chris Cooksey from Guidewire Analytics. Now, most of us know Guidewire these days. I remember them when they were a startup. Charles and Chris are responsible for creating more choices for insurers in how they access analytics and data, moving the world from a system of record to a system of insight. Well, more on that shortly. But for a bit of fun this week, we have a question for you to think about coming shortly. answer at the end. Okay, let's go. Charles, Chris, really looking forward to talking to you today. We're hearing a lot about Guidewire and very intrigued in what you're doing on the analytical side. We're going to talk a about, bit about Guidewire in a minute, but just a bit of a check-in. Charles, I know you're talking from London because I've been hearing some trains in the background. They may be joining us for the rest of the recording, but where about are you in, in London just now? Sunny Wimble, Matthew, just looking across to the tennis courts.
1: Chris, how about you? I'm in central Ohio, just outside the Columbus, Ohio area.
0: Well, I've got a question for uh, our listener who will have to stay to the end to get the answer, but you've given one hint of this. So what is unusual or maybe even unique about Ohio in terms of its largest cities? So I'll come back to that little trivial question afterwards. So let's talk a little bit about Guidewire. So Guidewire provides technology to the property, casualty, and workers' compensation insurance market. You're supporting a whole range of areas, billing, underwriting, Policy and claims management and administration systems, and also the analytics. We're going to be talking about. We founded back in two thousand and one, and you got over three thousand employees today. Turnover last year, uh, I see, is recorded as being over eight hundred and thirty million dollars. So by no means a startup. Although interestingly, earlier stages of my career, at GuideWire was definitely recognised as one of the more successful scale ups when it was doing the technology. You've also got a whole ecosystem of partners, which are offering a variety of, of analytics and data and consulting. Charles, your group VP Sales and Advisory, and Chris, your senior director, advanced analytics, and are also an actuary by background. So welcome. Thank you for having us here, Matthew. So, Charles, me starting with you first of all, can you talk a little bit about what your area of the business is doing, sort of distinct from maybe what people know Guidewire for?
2: We run the core policy and claim systems for about 25% of the PNC insurance industry the bit of the business that I'm responsible for, the analytics business, is responsible for helping turn those systems of record into systems
0: of insight. Okay, well, we'll come back and explain what that means, systems of records into systems of insight. And then, Chris, you've actually worked in insurance. You've got a really fascinating role at Guidewire in terms of helping solve some of the difficult problems for your clients. But can you just explain a little bit more about what that means in practice?
1: Sure. I run a custom solutions team, so we will build custom models using our tooling to help them solve the business problems they're looking for. Mostly, we just exist to try to empower our customers to get the most out of the software that they get from us. But we also spend a significant amount of our time thinking about innovation, thinking about big industry topics and what role, if any, Guidewire may play and what take Guidewire may have on on those issues.
0: Great. Well, we love talking about problems and uh, even more we like talking about solutions to those. What would be an example of one of the challenges your clients brought to you that you've come back with a solution to?
1: Well, we've done some work around uh, social inflation solution. It's a hard problem. We've talked to people about uh, other issues. Big one is just the interconnectivity problem that companies have talking to each other and the friction that that uh, provides to the industry and thinking about if there are ways that we can help reduce that friction.
0: Social inflation that you mentioned, is the problem where claims are getting larger and larger because you know, partly it's litigation, partly it's the cost of living, and it's a real challenge, as you mentioned, for insurance companies. I know that's one of the areas you've been looking at, for guidewire. So, Charles, we've already had a couple of mentions there from Chris about some of the problems, but if, if you sort of take a step back and you look across the industry, it, what are the couple of the biggest issues you're trying to solve for your clients? The
2: big problem we're trying to solve
0: is how companies can
2: use the analytics they invest in and use them or get them into the hands of the people that need them most, into the hands of the underwriters, into the hands of the claims adjusters. Chris mentioned this idea and theme of interconnectivity, that is how systems talk to one another and how customers gather data and deploy insights between systems.
0: So in this world of data and APIs, hasn't that been solved yet? I mean, everyone's now claiming they got an API What's the real problem then in terms of this interconnectivity?
2: The industry is making great strides towards being more connected. I think there are examples like natural language processing being used to scan documents submitted with claims, but I think it's that there is a a long way to travel just because there is an API available to provide data to somebody does not mean that it gets used and does not mean that it gets used
0: in the right place in the workflow of the adjuster or the underwriter. What would be an example of somewhere where there's this interoperability problem There's been a real barrier f- to be able to grow the business or achieve an initiative that someone's trying to roll out? An example that came
2: up recently was a, uh, a customer who had a partner in the industry that was trying to start a, a travel insurance business, an affinity business, whereby travel insurance would be sold with an airline ticket. The, the client was an airline and obviously a great distribution vehicle there. The capital was provided and all lined up and they didn't get this project off the ground because they couldn't figure out a way to transfer the data from the purchase from when the policy is sold from the consumer to the systems the core systems that the insurer uses to to manage its policies so ultimately the business doesn't get off the ground a lack of system interconnectivity inhibits insurance growth
0: yeah and what's interesting about that example as you had a conversation just today with somebody that started their career building software for the travel industry that itself is incredibly complex it's figured out how to join up Literally join up journeys between flights and hotels. And interesting the, the challenge is actually when it comes to the insurance piece, that they haven't been able to actually connect into the insurance offerings. You talked about system of record versus systems of insight, Charles. Can you just explain what that means?
2: Your description of the at the beginning was really good. It's been the the heart and lungs of an insurance company. You sell a policy, you record the details in in a policy admin system, you file a claim. It's managed through a claim system. That's a system of record. It's a system that's used to record data about a transaction that happens. A system of insight actually informs what that underwriter or that claims adjuster does in the system itself. It's a really powerful way of getting the information that is generated by analytical tools, vendors into the hands of the people that need to use it. To build an interconnected insurance industry, would it's kind of, think about rewiring a whole house. So we talk about eating the elephant one piece at a time. Find a problem that's tractable, that can be solved, and fix it, and then move on to the next one. A good example, a guide wire would just be the extraction of data and, and the passing of that data to a third party not an entire interconnected insurance industry, but it solves one of the big pain points that the industry has. If you can simply share data out of the system that stores that data, you're one step along the path towards an interconnected
0: system. Just, just keep going with that example of the extracting the data. We all know the industry is like still obsessed by spreadsheets and PDF, and crikey, people are probably still sharing paper-based uh, submissions. What are you offering, and, and how are you tackling some of those quite difficult challenges of extracting that data to make it efficient and real for people.
2: One of the solutions we have at the minute is called Data Hub and Info Center. It allows you to extract the data from the core systems to solve a specific problem. In Data Hub and Info Center's case, regulatory filing and regulatory reporting and accounting. It knows how to extract the data, transform it into the way that you need it and pass it on into
0: a into a format that you can use to consume it. I mean, you've been going since 2001 before the cloud existed and certainly before companies were comfortable putting things onto the cloud. Where are you, you know, in terms of like what people are doing on-premise versus cloud options?
2: Almost everything that we do is hosted on Guidewire Cloud Platform Policy and um, Claim Center today. there's the majority of the, the business that we perform, but we also have an extremely large book of customers who have been with Guidewire some since the inception of the company, using our on-premise solutions. And slowly over time, we will migrate all of those customers onto our cloud platform. We're not going to force everybody to Migrate en masse. We talk about swimming across the river. We're probably halfway across the river towards the other bank of being a cloud company.
0: I love all the analogies. I guess that's what happens when you've got a CEO that has a background in the in the military. Swimming across the river definitely comes from uh, Mike's career. Was he an admiral? I can't remember what he, where he was. A submariner. <laughs> submariner. <laughs> I don't think submariners swim across rivers. I think they basically get someone to take them under the water. Don't they? Good. Well, let's keep the keep the analogies coming. It's uh, it's really helpful. Chris, just back to you again on on this one. What are some of the thorny problems you've had to tackle or your colleagues have had to tackle with when it comes to data extraction?
1: It's interesting how it plays out even in the smaller internal cases. When you're building a predictive model, you put a lot of effort into extracting and cleaning up the data so that you can get a really good predictive model. And then you think about deploying that model back into the business environment. And we then use the same Live, dirty data that we cleaned up, and we expect that live operational data to be fed into the model as if there won't be any problems. When we already know there will be, we just spent hours and hours and hours cleaning it up when we were creating the predictive model. That's a real challenge of feeding operational data into a predictive model. And we have product solutions that try to help. People do that ways in the product to wrap business rules around that predictive model so that it knows what to do if bad information comes in. Because the last thing you want a model to do is to provide a prediction as if nothing's wrong if you're feeding it, it junk data, right? So... Enhancing just the predictive model itself with rules around that solves a lot of those data problems and gets that mapping right, so you can you can get the useful information back to the front lines.
0: And you're basically saying once you've figured out how to clean your messy data up, don't throw away those lessons. Go back and improve how you're bringing the data in. If somebody wants to use one of these applications. Do they already need to be using Guidewire? As a sort of central system of record to be able to use some of the additional tools you're offering?
2: The missions of my team is to, to turn any system of record into a system of insight. There are benefits to using the application, the analytical applications that we have with our GuideWire core systems, but also we can plug into any system.
0: And then, Chris, i got a question for you back on this data issue, which is I've, I'm starting to see the world, I'm oversimplifying this, but dividing into people who feel we need more standards and standards are better. Versus those who go, well, actually, standards is like no longer relevant. You, you've you got a data lake or you just get the data and we can now use some pretty clever analytics to go and extract that data as we need it. Am I oversimplifying that? And do you have a particular view either way on whether we should be trying to get more standards or we now just need to get the data and it doesn't really matter so much how that data is being stored?
1: Well, I think the balance is an open question, but... What seems pretty clear is that we've had attempts at standards for decades and we haven't solved the problem yet. So it does seem to me they're not sufficient by themselves. I think a lot of the problem is attitudinal. I think the industry approaches their work with a very competitive mindset as the baseline, such that everything we do and every piece of information we have is proprietary. But if you really think about it, not everything is proprietary. And if we changed our attitude, so our first question was, how much of this can we share with the goal of making a smoother process that frankly would be better for our customers in the in the end if we could reduce a lot of that friction? If we changed our attitude to ask those questions first and only hold back the things that really are competitive advantages, I think then you start to see. Okay, maybe there is a place for standards. Maybe I do want to use them. And maybe there are technology solutions as well that will expand the usefulness of standards because there is there is such a variety of data and data models out there that it's difficult for everyone to conform to single standards. But I think there are ways to map it and to use them usefully.
0: It's a really good observation. I mean, in the UK, and I'm sure the US is doing something similar. We've got open banking. And the idea there is that your personal uh, details, bank statements, obviously with your permission, can be transferred to another entity. And it took quite a long time once that technology is available for banks to adopt that and people to really understand how it works. We've now got open insurance. And again, it's taken quite a long time. And I know it's not all that you're saying there, Chris, because some of it is collaboration around standards in other ways. But certainly that recognition that ultimately everybody should win, or at least every insurance companies being competitive and looking after its customers should be successful because there's a reduction in the, the overhead costs that nobody benefits from if you move to more shared standards and approaches, albeit you're, we don't yet know whether that's going to come down more explicitly on the actual explicit standards or if it's just ways and protections for sharing data. I
2: was chatting to somebody the other day and the idea that rather than use standards as a way of passing data back and forth, you begin to use machines. To that are trained to catch unstructured data as you send it across. So the idea ran that in the future, what you can pass across is just unstructured data, and the machine that's receiving this information knows what's to expected to, or recognizes the sort of data that it's about to receive and knows what to do with it. That
0: approach would do away with the need for for standards. And then, is now quite prevalent within the industry. I think you've got some numbers, Giles, in terms of actually how many premiums go through STEM. But that also offers you some advantages, doesn't it, in terms of your ability to be able to influence a meaningful amount of benefit for the industry if you can make some what might be fairly small changes in themselves. But together... be quite meaningful.
2: Absolutely. Scale is one of the benefits and small marginal improvements can have massive impacts on the industry. We have about 25% of the global premium for property and casualty insurance passing through our systems. And in the US alone each year, we think that results in about 2.2 billion transactions. So policies sold, claims registered, claims settled that pass through our systems. And if we can just improve a Percent of those, two percent of those, we can have a really fundamental change to our customers and the decisions that they make on, on their business.
0: It's a very powerful lever. And then we were joined by your colleague Bob Frady this week for one of our breakfast events. Bob founded Hazard Hub that was acquired by Guidewire. I find it fascinating business. Bob's been out and his colleagues identifying things like fire hydrants that apparently you can't publish maps from fire hydrants. The US government won't publish them because they're considered to be a strategic asset. So you've got to go and acquire the data or acquire the data itself. What are you doing with Hazard Hub now and how does that fit into the rest of the Guidewire world that we've been talking about?
2: Bob's a great colleague and I'm I'm delighted that we were fortunate enough to be able to acquire Hazard Hub. Um, It's a great business. As you say, they have thousands of data points that we, provide to our clients. The fire hydrant one's a fantastic one. Simple problem that nobody solved, and they made the provision of that data simple and cost effective. What are we doing with that as Guidewire? Doing two things. One, it's a key part of how we turn a system of record into a system of insight. Things like wildfire zones, hail scores, all finding their way to to the fingertips of the people that need them to make decisions in our policy systems. So, we're, we're deploying them and um, we're also building this catalog out, um, sourcing new data types all the time, new geographies, uh, expansion away from just property data to casualty data and eventually to intangible data.
0: It's a, an enormous area of growth for us and we're really excited about it. Given that we've got quite a lot of people now around the world who listen to this, often have got some quite intriguing data sets, sometimes actually from outside of insurance. What would be on your wish list or your customers' wish list for? new sources of data to help solve some of the challenges we've been talking about.
2: There's all sorts of things that aren't insured. There's a large booming marijuana economy in the US and people need data to start making decisions about it, both physical, geospatial, where is the farm, um, but also data about liability and usage.
1: What comes to mind for me are all the, the protection gaps that we see in the world today, things that are new and have not been insured before, self-driving cars, how is that different? What kind of data is needed to price that to adequately assess the risk? But it's difficult when you're a predictive modeler to to be asked to build something and there is no data. And so where do we find the data to tackle these new things when there isn't the history that we have with all our traditional products?
0: And that leads on to the discussion about your ecosystem and your marketplace, because you've got your own data we've talked about, but I know you're also connecting up with other sources of data can one of you talk about how that works in practice
2: yeah the general strategy with the ecosystem is to make it' easy for our customers to get access to information and data that they need our strategy will always be to build some of this ourselves so there will be things where it's either too esoteric it's not in our a skill that we haven't yet learned um, where we partner with people and we don't want people to not be able to use those things just because guide was not built it so we want to make it easy for our clients to get access to this a good example is. Fraud analytics, we don't have an offering for fraud in the same way that a couple of the vendors in the market do. And, and so strategically, it makes perfect sense for us to enable our clients to access cutting edge fraud analytics from the likes of Frears and Shift through our marketplace. So similar strategy to, to the one that Salesforce took on with its app Exchange. So all about making the use of our platforms better for our clients and making sure that they have access to the the data, the analytics, the tools, the workflow applications that they need. Sometimes we'll build it, and if we can't build it, or it doesn't make sense for us to build it, we'll make sure they get access to it through the marketplace.
0: There is definitely a strategic move, and I know you're part of it, to that platform. And you know, for all the reasons you said, it makes a lot of sense to be able to provide other data sets through that. And uh, we're great fans of what Fris and Shift are doing. Good examples of companies that have really grown very quickly and providing some really valuable assessment of fraud, actually both at the point of underwriting and for claims. Charles, just looking forward a bit. We've got an event we're doing with you. Thank you for supporting that. On the 27th of June in London, Uh, we're getting over 200 people now coming to our early evening events. What should people be expecting to hear about when they actually can see colleagues and some of the other companies we're bringing along get together face to face live in London?
2: Yeah, obviously, big supporters of the work you do at Instech, and, and happy to be with you on the twenty seventh of June. You'll hear a little bit about how our clients are using the data that we have, the uh, modelling platforms that we have. You'll also hear a little bit about interconnected system of insights. When we can't run an event on for analytics without talking about some of the, the latest and greatest things like large language models, foundational models, generative AI, and, and what we'll talk your guests through is a mixture of, of all of those things and how and our vision for how the insurance industry can use them. You
0: know, there's been an extraordinary increase in, well, chat GPT is how a lot of people think about it, but you mentioned large language models, you mentioned generative AI, it's all part of that same theme. We will have a lot to talk about that even in the next two months, so I'm glad you mentioned that one. We covered a lot. Is there anything we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about in the last few minutes?
1: Yeah, something that uh, Charles was talking about earlier about this open ecosystem approach that, that Guidewire takes. That you should be able to work with whoever you want to work with, and we will collaborate with you on that. We also do that uh, with our specific analytics tools. So if you have a preferred way of doing your predictive modeling, you prefer Python or R, we take a collaborative approach. Build your models there, build them where you're comfortable and familiar, but our deployment and our implementation capabilities, that those business rules we can wrap around models, you can still import your models into our system and then get them into the hands of the claims adjusters and and underwriters. And for us, we think that really makes us different. And we were just Actually, named the predictive analytics solution of the year at the uh, 2023 Data Breakthrough Awards. And we really think that open collaborative approach, letting people do their work how they want to do it, but then still take advantage of the tools we offer, was one of the things that really distinguished us.
0: Well, excellent. Well, well done. it has been very helpful talking to you. I'm interested in all the things you're doing at GuideWire and how the businesses evolve. And going back to the beginning, Charles, that that point about interoperability, interconnectivity, yeah, you know, trying how to actually Tackle those problems, whether it's or don't rebuild your whole house at the same time, or don't try and swim the river in one go. Choose your analogy, uh, but it all makes complete sense. So, thank you very much for your support. Great to hear from you. And then, finally, if anybody wants to learn a little bit more about what you're doing after this, what's the simplest way for them to get to know you or get in contact?
2: Go to www.guidewire.com and the resources section. You'll find all of the white papers, interoperability, ethical AI stored there. Or reach out to me, one of the team, at info
0: or through LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. It's now middle of Friday afternoons, or at least it is in the UK. Chris, it's probably not quite lunchtime yet for you. And uh, Charles, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you know what the characteristic of Ohio is for its major cities? I have no idea, Matthew. (laughs) Go on, Chris. Put everyone out of their
1: misery. Uh, They all begin with the letter C.
0: They do. Columbus, Cleveland, and Cincinnati all begin with the letter C. So there's a fun fact about Ohio to end the day
1: with. The highway that links them is for two as 3C Highway.
0: There we go. I I learned something too. You see 3C Highway in Ohio. Brilliant. Okay. Well, thanks very much to you both. And uh, yeah, I look forward to getting together soon for our next uh, activity and event. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Well, there's a lot going on with Guidewire and its partners. And as you mentioned, we will be supported by Guidewire for one of our regular evening events in London in June. Well, if you're visiting London from overseas, you may be eligible for a free ticket to our events anytime. And if you're not yet a member and wondering why 180 companies are working with us to learn more about real innovation and share their news with the world, then please do contact me, Matthew Grant, on LinkedIn or any of us, hello at instec.co to learn more. Okay, that's it. We're done.